Hello folks, Tyler here. We're looking to do a big surge on iTunes. We really want to push the old iTunes, you know, get us up the charts a bit, because I know you lot are lovely and supporting all over. Um, so if you fancy it, you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. And while you're there, make sure to leave a five-star review and a couple of lovely words as well, just to uh, you know, help us up a bit more and get that extra bit of support. Thank you very much. Come to Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Mmm, sounds good. Hello, welcome to Uncle Mo's Family Feedback. We look through the dizzying highs, the terrifying lows, and the creamy middles of The Simpsons seasons 1 to 12 through random episode generation. I'm, of course, your host, Tyler McCrane. With me as a first time guest on this podcast, and the people who follow the Facebook and the social medias might uh, recognize her as the winner of our um, God, 100 like giveaway there. We, gave away um this lady a little luan van outen because you know they're pretty much the spit <laughs> the spitting image uh no offense and then a little magazine as well um when she's not an avid simpsons fan she's busy doing marketing for men's fashion at the height of fashion there and is an avid switch player and console gamer and what have you and is getting really into the animal cross and if not that well then just hop on the room and get into quidditch there she's a woman of many talents and that woman is Gemma gedlin Gemma. How are we doing? Yeah, yeah, I'm not too bad. Just sort of surviving at this point. How, how are you doing? I'm all right uh, in the current climate and that, because, <laughs> I mean, we've addressed it in a, the episode that's causing all these big uh, memes with margin chains, but I'm working from home, still really enjoying it after, like, two weeks or so. I, I sort of don't want to go back to a proper corporate office now when you realise, oh, a lot of this work can be done from home. Oh, yeah, definitely. I've found very much that a lot of the meetings which I've been having could have just been an email. And there's been a lot of memes going around about that at the moment, but I didn't realise how true it actually was until my office decided it was time to close down. Now, are you one of those that, um, again, you get frustrated, like, oh, like, come on, this, yeah, like you say, that can be done in an email. Or are you much like me where it's like, oh, no, keep on talking, Karen, um, you know, I'll just take a later lunch, you know. Less, less work for me to do. I don't know what that says about me. So the episode we're going to be reviewing today is Lisa the Greek from Season 3, Episode 14. Directed by Richmore, written by Jay Kogan and Wallace Wolodarski. With the original air date being January the 23rd, 1992. And the couch gag being that Homer accidentally sits on Santa's little helper. Now, um, before I get into the question of nostalgia, what do you think of this episode? Let's run it back. Let's talk about um, what it means for you being a fan of The Simpsons. How did you start, Gemma? What do you think of it now? Just tell us everything The Simpsons means to you. So I kind of grew up with The Simpsons quite a bit. Um, I'd get them from school um, and just sort of, it would be the first thing which I'm just sort of like, oh, I wonder if The Simpsons is on. Um, I mean, yeah, it was very much for a good long while. It was on Channel 4, 6 p.m. Then it sort of moved over to Sky. And from there, it just sort of was like, well, Sky 6.30 until 9 p.m. And it would be all I'd do most evenings after school. All right, because when I ask that question with all sorts of different guests, they usually split into um, two categories. One of them is um, late 90s to the 2000s, where it was on. 6pm on BBC2, then it followed uh, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, then followed The Weakest Link, or it'll be, you know, Channel 4, 6pm in 2004, and yeah, so, all right, okay, so you're very much Channel 4 to Sky 1. Yeah, it was very much a case of my parents sort of didn't let me watch it till I was about seven, eight years old, which by that point it was sort of like, it just became this forbidden fruit that once I could watch it, I just sort of couldn't stop but it wasn't like the case of they weren't laying me at that point once it started on channel four but i sort of missed the bbc2 hype because it just sort of they weren't allowing me to do so i don't know now why would they have an issue with you watching it say at that age is it just you would like come back with like smart jokes like bar or it's not like it was excessively uh sweary or such i think it was more to do with very much the adult humor which i didn't notice really until sort of the later years so it had been mm. yes yeah, sort of around 15 16 i'd suddenly be like oh i get why this is funny now um i think it's very much they didn't want me to wise up too soon but 
Okay. I did eventually. It was always going to happen. Now, are you one of those that uses, you know, Simpsons vernacular, you know, always quoting these references and, you know, regular conversation? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I found myself more recently pretty much staying around the house. Everything's coming up Millhouse, but, like, replacing it with mine. And so, so <laughs> everything's coming up Gemma whenever something reasonably good at least happens around, especially in these times. It's very difficult to find the good things, so... Of course. Yeah. <laughs> if you can think, um, do you have a favourite episode or favourite moment or both, maybe? Oh, God. Of all time? <laughs> or is that too much of a wide umbrella? There is definitely... There are a lot of good ones. Um, I'd have to say my favourite moment would have been the monorail song, definitely. Um, I get that in my head regularly, just out of the blue. Um, I was working the other day and it just sort of popped in my head. I was sort of like, what I haven't watched this in weeks <laughs> so I'd say that's my favorite moment of the Simpsons but I couldn't name one episode no it's like trying to pick your favorite child isn't it yeah which you just can't do <laughs> apparently <laughs> we kick off this episode with um inside football today there it's a big um football sports broadcast show there and everyone get excited for 12 hours of hot football action we have Homer there and um I mean, I'm sure this is related to many people. You're just re getting ready to tuck into a right binge first and a, well, bye-bye belt, and you get the actual needle scratch of the old, the old whipping sound effect, and he's... I just realised, looking at the old screenshots here as well, Gemma, that um, they're not even a variety of snacks. It's just literally... It's all crisps, but it's slight variations on the same flavour as well, and he's just going to town. Yeah, very much so. Um... I'd say it's pretty much how I am when it comes to NFL. Um, it's actually a bit scary how how the snacks sort of do match up as similar flavours and it very much sort of being all barbecue and sort of the typical American flavours almost. We have Marge coming and saying, oh, you know, all this deep fried, heavily salted snacks can't be good for you. And Homer's giving a stick saying, oh, no, it's just fine. And we zoom right into his heart and he gets a brief blockage, but then... Like, a nice sound effect as well, like a toilet drain just drains through his artery and it gives a little and smacks his heart. And I've definitely used this quote um, before, you know, ah, oh, little beer put out that fire and it could be just any sort of liquid. And I like his little dumb face when he takes it. has got like, ah, there. Like, you know, I don't have to deal with a quadruple bypass just yet. Yeah, sort of like... Uh, I can make do with making it a little bit worse with a beer, but that's okay. We have now the host of this sports show there who's thrown it over to the man who's, you know, 52% correct most of the time there. Smooth Jimmy Apollo, and it's um actually one of two appearances from uh, Phil Hartman. Now, me and my usual host, Cal, have absolutely waxed lyrical on how important and how amazing Phil Hartman is. Um, and I guess it's very much the same sentiment for you, uh, Gemma. And now with his picks for today's games, the man who's right 52% of the time, smooth Jimmy Apollo. Thank you, Brett. Our first game today, Denver and New England, is too close to call. Oh. But if you're one of those compulsive types who just has to bet, well, I don't know. Then, well, folks, when you're right 52% of the time, you're wrong 48% of the time. Why didn't you say that before? <laughs> okay, Jimmy, you're off the hook. We got Miami, Cincinnati coming up. Any thoughts? I certainly do, Brett. I hereby declare Miami to be Smooth Jimmy's luck of the week. Ooh, that's a big luck, all right. But I just don't trust that guy. Oh, yes, very much so. Um, especially with sort of... When he died, for me, that was actually quite a poignant moment um, with the whole sort of, well, that's it for these little side characters like Troy McClure and similar. It, it, he was definitely a very poignant person for me in in these um, episodes, um, especially in the early series where he would just pop out of nowhere and say some of the most ridiculous things. Yeah, he could really, um, let's say it was an all right episode, he could really lift it, couldn't he? Just one joke or one segment. Oh, definitely. Um for me, it's very much if there's an episode which isn't that great, but Phil Hartman was in it, then it would lift it up for me. It would definitely make me rate it that little bit higher. Now, uh, good question here. Are you Lionel Hutz or McClure or a nice on-the-fence answer of uh, both? Definitely both. There's definitely... Ah, I, I'm, I'm sorry to disappoint, but <laughs> they both have their own sort of sets of jokes and their own sort of sets of ways of 
bring out their personalities, which Phil Hartman just aces brilliantly, and manages to differentiate between the two with no issue at all. We have smooth Jimmy Apollo here by uh, Hartman himself saying, you know, oh, you know, Denver and New England there, you know, uh, it's hard to call. And then Homer's, you know, he's ready with his pen and paper there. You know, avid gambler that he is. And he goes, oh, if you're one of the compulsive types, uh, I don't know, Denver. And he busy rings it through to Mo there, who's putting on this illegal gambling <laughs> ring. And, you know, he thinks he can provide that service. And we have um, Chief Wiggum here, you know, oh, just pass me that little white book. Oh, sure, it was a coaster. And yeah, um, he's a... He's putting on these illegal football gamblings. Now, um, also reason why I brought you in today, uh, Gemma, is you are an avid NFL slash American football fan here. So, um, I mean, I guess I'll start off, I'll get into a broader terms with broader questions. But as far as pundits, much like your smooth Jimmy here, do you have particular favorite pundits or analysts from different broadcasts? You watch different broadcasts or are you just uh, Sky or BBC? Yeah, um, I, I, yeah, I guess for me it is just the case of it. Whichever one has the football game, which I'm going to particularly watch at the time. So be, I mean, a lot of um, the games these days are on Sky, but if, say, BBC has one which is, like, a lot more interesting, we'll go there. But I don't particularly have a favourite commentator or pundit, which I would particularly oh, okay. bring out. Now, see, I like... I mean, I try and watch them uh, live... Through legal means, folks, don't come for me. <laughs> Definitely through legal means. Um, but if I can recommend anything, um, the BBC's highlight um, shows on the Tuesday, the big one-hour show there, and um, OCU Minora and Jason Bell, just they've got fantastic chemistry. And you've got Mark Chapman, who's your BBC regular there, who just sort of um, you know hosts it all there. And yeah, they bring a lot of good punditry there. Like, I don't mind, I mean, analysts are analysts. I mean, even with like, you know, British football soccer like a lot of it can be you know quite the same and it's a bunch of you know old white dudes just talking about statistics but OC and Jason give it that uh, that different kind of flavor so I'd recommend anyone if they are getting into NFL watch a bit of their product or follow them on Twitter or such yeah I definitely would agree that they they, they are sort of a good segue into NFL um so I mean if you don't stick with them or don't that's that's entirely up to you really <laughs> we have the New England game kickoff there and, you know, Homer's ready, you know, please testify my love. And, you know, out of, like, seconds of play, it's New England 7, Denver nothing here. Um, and we have Lisa. Lisa's now making her appearance in the episode here. Um, you know, ready to show Homer, like, you know, any sort of loving kid would, oh, look, Dad, this is what I've done, you know, made a shoebox um, apartment for Malibu Stacy. You know, this is where she has a shower. This is where she um, prints her weekly feminist newsletter here. Um, I'll, now I will ask as well because um, one of our frequent guests on uh, Sash Steel, they very much, you know, resonated with Lisa at an early age. Now, was this the same for you? Did you see this, you know, hardened, cute feminist in yourself? I mean, yeah, I, I would say so. I'd say sort of like when it came to sort of the equivalent in the real world being Barbie, I, I'd very much say that I was. I wasn't on the case of, oh, yes, Ken needs to be like her husband and stuff and old. And he's, it was very much more I was progressive and quite similar to Lisa, especially in this case, but not so much as far as sort of going into feminist newsletters, but more to sort of being an independent woman. And I, I don't know, it's a sort of, from quite a young age, it's resonated with me that, yeah, I, I, I would say that I'm sort of, I do resonate with Lisa quite a bit. And as far as like... um characters in general who do you see yourself most as oh um <laughs> please don't say millhouse don't put yourself down like that much oh no 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 De definitely won't be millhouse although on a side note i did take a character quiz um which you had to answer your personality on a spectrum i did come back with millhouse and that's a little bit concerning oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> however <laughs> In my personal opinion, yeah, I would actually say that I do resonate most with Lisa. Um, I oh, know I've, cool. I've always been kind of bookworm, sort of a little bit of an outcast, but also just not afraid to sort of speak my mind and do the things which I would like to try out, if that makes sense. Oh, very nice. Yeah, no, I can totally see that. Have uh, Homer just shoo Lisa away there because, you know, the match isn't going his way. So she, en she ends up going into the kitchen where Marge, you know, 
giving Maggie a little bath there and and you know Lisa's just upset now why doesn't he want to do things that I want to do and she goes oh you know well, maybe you should compromise maybe you should um bridge the gap there you know because I pretend I'm you know into tools cars you know stupid action films and um uh, other stuff I'll tell you when you're older so yeah <laughs> give it a go um I don't I don't know if I really want to know what she meant by that yeah um that, that could go any number of ways and I'm not entirely sure that I want to know nor get into what those could mean <laughs> so we have Lisa you know willing to give football a go and um I guess pretty much much like real life um New England are absolutely whipping Denver and um I guess we'll get into a the bigger massive question here um as far as the nfl love Gemma, um you know what team do you support um is there any highlights you know do you like any certain players what do you think of the game just tell us everything football and what it means to you so i actually started to watch football around the same age as lisa did in this episode um oh really yeah I so it's, yeah it's, it's, i was about eight years old um i started supporting the seattle seahawks pretty much instantly um at the time it was more the case of because my family um live out there or some of my family do um so it's very much been uh, from that day, I was like, you know what, Seattle it is. And this was in the times for YouTube, so it's kind of hard to find things on the internet. I wasn't allowed to stay up late to watch these kinds of things. So it, it took quite a fair bit of digging to actually get to the point where I could support this team properly and watch the highlights. Um, but it was something which I persevered with, um, very much so. And to this day, God only knows how many years later, like 16 years later, I'm still going strong, I'm still on that Seattle front. And the day that Russell Wilson came in for us was... Whew. <laughs> I was going to say, what was it like pre-Wilson then? Pre-Wilson, um, I mean, <sighs> it's been a long time. Honestly, I don't remember that far back necessarily. But I mean, from what I do remember, it was sort of like, yeah, we had the whole We Are 12. The crowd was a 12 player. And there was a general good atmosphere for the very few people that I knew which sort of were also NFL fans, but I don't really remember much about how they played back then. I, I can only assume it wasn't that great if I'm not remembering much. As for myself, um, I too am, you know, an NFL fan, but I only really started watching it, not even when I started uni, I'd say going into second year there, and I thought, I mean, I'd heard of certain games to watch, like a couple years before in previous seasons there, but um, I decided to count, uh, make my bed and you know support the Atlanta Falcons and I swear it wasn't because of that one reference in the Simpsons like 10-15 years ago folks put me to it I really liked it because like they seemed to be an all attacking team and then they had an amazing season and then they got to the Super Bowl and it was like one fateful Super Bowl night where it was like I think I ended up going to bed at a halftime show then I wake up and it's like the greatest comeback in football and Super Bowl history there and Tom Brady was going to Tom Brady and yeah the less said about that the better it still hurts today <laughs> yeah I remember that game well and I fully understand why you, you may not oh, want phenomenal. to talk about if, you, it. if you're neutral it's amazing oh yeah for sure but it had to be my team that I just started supporting we have our own little B plot here now we're just starting that up we have a bar um melting army soldiers here and um Marge uh, suggests, you know, oh, won't we spend time together there? You know, you could do some new clothes there. And, um, you know, Bart's, you know, all in tatters already. And Bart's saying, so, you know, as much as I'd love to spend this lovely summer day trying on clothes there, it doesn't mean, but <laughs> no choice. Like, yeah, come on, you shit. Like, just straight grabs him in there. Um, I mean, what did you think of this B-plot? Because throughout our reviews on this um, podcast, a lot of them work, but like the recent few in the late seasons, they're very, um, you know, they're very short and they didn't really need to, need to happen. So, what do you think of this um, B story with you know, Bart and Marge? You know, the typical. I mean, I was there with my mum definitely when I was a lot younger. You know, oh, we've got to go. Why have we got to do this? You know, getting forced to do stuff. Um, yeah, what did you think of this B plot? Um, yeah, like I, I, it kind of resonated with me as well, sort of around that age when it's like, oh, I don't need new clothes. I can just go out in the world and just be the way that I am with like holes and scruffiness everywhere. As for the actual plot itself of the sort of B-side story, it, it's just, 
I know, like, it sort of falls flat for me. It's very much, oh, this is happening, and then it just sort of stops. There's no, like, real conclusion to it. I mean, yeah, it just sort of leaves it at a certain point where he's showing off his new clothes to his mates. Well, kind of. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It just sort of, it kind of fell flat for me, and if it was in the episode, I don't think I'd necessarily miss it, to be honest. Probably say for myself, um, you know what? I'll agree with you to an extent, as in there's not that much substance to it, other than um, it's just a nice little... It's it's essentially like a sketch. It's just a nice, short little sketch. But I'll say the jokes they've put into it, um, I'd say it just about validates it being there. I mean, I, I can't always remember them, but, you know, when I watch it, you know, it, I do get a little bit of a chuckle out of it, which will um, which we'll get to in a little short while. So now we're on to, you know, game two of today, and it's Miami Cincinnati and... Smooth Jimmy's been very bold. You know, saying Miami's is going to be his lock of the week. And I like these gimmicks here. Um, and we, you, Homer decides to change the channel, you know, because it's a big lock, but I can't trust that guy anymore. So we have another um, analyst on another channel saying, oh, you know, I'm saying Cincinnati's my shoe in of the week. And it brings out a massive shoe. Now, going into this, um, God, I hope the new season starts anyway with what's going on. Or, in fact, we'll, we'll go last season because we've got all the facts there. Who did you have going in as your uh, lock of the week or shoeing of the week for last season? Um, in terms of each week, um, to be honest, the 49ers, they just they had a phenomenal season pretty much through and through each week. And it was, it was very difficult to sort of be... A Seahawks fan and have the 49ers on that on the same side of the bracket to sort of absolutely acing it. Um, also the Chiefs, so actually, I mean, in a way, it kind of ties nicely together with how the last Super Bowl ended up because um, just sort of both sides of the bracket, you brought them together in the end. Um, those were two worst sort of my shoe in of the week almost, I'd say, pretty much week in, week out. I have, um, mine's definitely coming from a um, Stockholm syndrome. So I was just Patriots. I just thought, you know, it's just inevitable. Like Thanos, just Brady's just gonna go through it again. But um, I I, I mean I, I don't I don't really hate anyone or hate sports people. But like, it's just, it was just the norm, wasn't it? Brady just kept winning all, would reach the Super Bowl final. So I just thought of it as like, all right, if I just get acclimatized, like in a hostage situation, then you know I'll just learn to enjoy it. And thankfully, I think it's changing for now or well, it has to change now with him uh going down south i don't want this to become a whole football podcast folks but i've got to get your opinion as well um brady to the bucks i need your thoughts Gemma. it's definitely an interesting choice after 20 years at the same club folks yeah it's it's definitely an interesting decision for him to have made i was kind of half expecting him to retire rather than continue on um tampa yeah it, it's definitely they haven't exactly been the best at what they do recently. Um, so it'll be interesting to actually see if he brings his talent and molds the team to sort of help them, or if it becomes very much, well, I'm only good with the Patriots and that's how it's going to be. It's very much going to be his attitude going into it and the attitude of the other players, which actually determines how well this goes for everyone. Yeah, very true. Also, you know, you, does he rely on the players and the coach and stuff and that and, I believe we're going to get that friendly thing of can he do it without Belichick? Can Belichick do it without Brady? Oh, you know, I know. I can't wait. We'll just hope this um <laughs> this nasty situation is just like binned in a few months. Yeah, definitely. Because it uh, it's definitely going to be one of the most interesting NFL seasons coming up. And if the Rona sort of just stops that, I don't know. It's gonna it's gonna be a time. I mean, we've already lost a lot of sports. Let's not lose another one. And the Falcons have to play Brady twice. Yippee. Fun. <laughs> Fun times. <laughs> Homer's still unsure of who to go for, so he calls up the coach's hotline there. And it's, you know, $5 a minute, $2 for each additional minute. And um, obviously they've been really exaggerated there with, you know, the coach's hot line. And Homer's even filling in the blanks there. He's getting so frustrated. Now, did you have a call... Any of these premium phone lines, whether it's for, um, and this is shown mage now, like SMTV or, you know, um, any of these kids shows 
or like for any <laughs> tips and tricks there. I nearly said babe station. We're going to keep it clean. I never did that. Never. Yeah, um, but never. Did you, were you ever guilty of any of these, you know, scam hotlines? I mean, I wouldn't say it was necessarily a scam, but um, I was into Skatuni quite a bit on Boomerang when I was a, sort of a kid, and you'd get this card, and every week you'd call in and try to be the lucky winner and answer a bunch of quiz questions. And I did actually know somebody who uh, managed to get on it, but I myself personally never got on it. But it, it did cost an arm and a leg, and it was the entire time you were on hold, it was actually charging you. So it was a bit, it was a bit of a scam. But also, if you got on, it wasn't in a way, I guess. Except it's still kind of Well, was. how long would they keep you waiting for? Like, Was it like a minimum of like two minutes so they'd get their four or five pound? Yeah, basically. Um, and as a oh, kid, I wouldn't really understand it. Um, wouldn't continue to... Would sort of continue to do it every week. Um, my parents sort <laughs> of didn't really understand it either. And it was only until we got the phone bill that they were like, oh, maybe we should stop doing this. Yeah. But I, I'd always <laughs> find a way to like convince them. It was, it was a time. It was definitely... One of those guilty pleasures, but eventually it fizzled out. So, yeah. <laughs> How about you? Did you sort of call any of those um, kinds of like lines? I always got tempted to, but then <laughs> my dad every time would go, "If you call, if you call one of them, then yes, you know, you spend your own pocket money on it." I was like, "Oh yeah, okay." Not knowing that, like, you know, I'm not the owner of the house. I don't pay the bills, so I could have just rang up anyway. But um, did not want to face the wrath of dad as um old school as that sounds yeah no that makes sense i've i definitely personally <laughs> wasn't a fan of facing rafa dad when i was a kid <laughs> still not now to be fair so homer's you know he's got nothing no advice whatsoever now so as a last ditch effort he goes to lisa you know just who do you think's gonna win you know the bengals or the dolphins and oh she's not sure but she picks the dolphins so because you know he's got to stick a little bet on there a little bit in the puggy he goes fifty dollars on the dolphins and now we get, um, yeah, we're now at the clothes store. We, monsieur, with um, Bart and Marge. And she's just stacking up clothes saying, oh, you know, this is cute. Oh, look, little bow ties. And oh, this is 50% off. And Bart's coming out with some crackers here saying, oh, you know why all these are half price now? Because the people that wear them get beaten up. Oh, well, um, you know, people that beat you up aren't your friends. Like, uh, this is typical Marge there with a character and that and, yeah, I, I really enjoyed these couple of lines here, Jem. Yeah, like they, like I can't understand why they were in there. Like, given that the um, side B story was still very much put in there, um, and honestly, yeah, I can actually understand now why maybe they kept it in uh, because there are these jokes, which is quite funny. I think one which sort of resonated with me and actually I found the funniest was sort of the very end when the clothes are stacked beyond his face, and she's like, oh. Um, don't don't make that face of me. And it's sort of like, how do you know? <laughs> how do you know? <laughs> Mums always find a way, though. Well, I've definitely done that. Like, um, I think I might have, and I don't know, went over to my mate's house when I was grounded in that. And then, um, also it's it was a massive giveaway in that. But um, she go, you've been round, na na na's house, haven't you? And I'm out of breath because I tried to beat a car. Like, <gasps> no, why is your face red then? You know, uh, just like <laughs> I was watching cops, <laughs> just like stepbrothers. But yeah, yeah, I mean, mums always find a way there, and it's, yeah, just a cracking line. I know my mum sort of does the same. She sort of has eyes in the back of her head, and somehow they're also x ray. It's very, very concerning. I guess we'll, yeah, we'll just finish the B plot here then. We have Bart trying on clothes, and there's security cameras in a child's clothing store. We've got a troublemaker in booth eight. Oop, forget him. There's a code red in booth three. My God, those aren't the socks she came in with. Mm-mm. Let's move. I don't generally think about it, but whenever I see the scene, I'm like, and with adult eyes, like, oh right, that's not right. <laughs> I mean, even in an adult sort of clothing store, sort of like in Primark oh, yeah. or something, I'd be concerned if there was. But definitely with a kids' yeah. shop, like it's it's very much sort of like um. Have they really thought that through? Did you also like the little escalation? You have the security guards going, I know there's there's a troublemaker in booth four. No, hang on. There's something in booth six. My God, they're not the socks you came in with. And they run out armed. Yeah, it's very Cocking much... Cocking shotguns. It's very much... She's a little girl. She probably It's probably an honest mistake. Why? <laughs> but also very funny at the same time. This is America. They don't take those chances lightly now. 
I mean, this was also 1991, so actually no, it was 92 by the time this aired. My bad. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's 1992. Um, times were very different back then. I'm a little bit surprised that <laughs> they were like that. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was more just a joke rather than this is actually what happens. But in this day and age, stuff like that would probably happen, which is also quite concerning. Bart, in here, mom. But don't open the. Ah! <laughs> Oh, Bart, you could use some new underwear, too. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that stupid kid! We're back at Evergreen Terrace, and, you know, it's the end of the game, and, you know, the Dolphins have won, and this is very cute now. We have um, Lisa um, quite literally aping Homer's actions, you know, woohoo, 50 big ones, and all that, and then Homer has to, you know, explain what gambling is, and Lisa's quite switched on. She said, oh, so you made a bet. You know, I don't call it a bet. It's something daddies do to make football more exciting. And then, again, Lisa being very poetic, saying, you know, what could be more exciting than the savage ballet of pro football there and Homer, of course, with a food analogy saying, oh, you like ice cream? Well, yes. Don't you like it if the ice cream had, you know, um, fudge and hot sauce and chopped nuts and he's just getting completely lost with the crumbled up cookie things. But Lisa manages to understand it now um have you ever betted on sports are you a gambler of any kind gem yeah i mean i i bet on the super bowl every year it's pretty much the only thing which i do bet on um oh okay yeah that's yeah it's very much the case of it's very centric around nfl for me um which is actually kind of in a way why this episode is so good because i understand where home is coming from in that sense if there's what a... is your win rate as far as betting on the super bowl <laughs> um honestly not that much i mean it's what my it's been sort of my i've been doing it for the past six seasons now because obviously there's the whole age thing of you have to be over 18 um i think i've only ever won one and that was the um patriots versus eagles game a couple years back where everyone was just ah. sort of like oh the patriots are gonna win and it's gonna it's gonna be the usual and i i put my faith i put my money where my mouth was i put my faith in it and paid out but yeah it's it's basically a one in six chance of me actually winning and that's it, it's a bit disheartening but also it does a bit it does add a bit of a thrill like homer says really now did the eagles have fairly good odds then um, obviously the patriots is like the norm as we've said no that they had pretty terrible odds um actually so i actually oh. it actually paid out pretty well that year it was yeah, it was a solid year for me um, in respect of paying out, which was great. But typically I would go with the one which has the odds which are sort of a bit lower because, yeah, that's just sort of how I roll. And then it typically turns out the wrong way. <laughs> but yeah, how about you? Do you really gamble on any sports or anything? I always know with modern technology and smartphones and such, it's... God, it sounds like an ad. It's never been easier with that and... Um, but no, because, uh, I mean, I just had it completely whipped into me when I was young, like saying, save your money, you know, don't gamble and all that. you got to think and da-da-da-da-da. So because of smart parenting, I've never really gambled. I will do the Grand National if I'm in the mood for it. But as far as like, I mean, I'm a big Premier League fan, so I've not even really had a bet on a Premier League or horse uh, proper horse racing or fruit machines. I've, had, I've got mates that are like, really into it uh not so much problems but the gambling culture's never really affected me however saying that i would like to do vegas as a holiday because at least then you've got the glitz and glamour and it's old school roulette wheels blackjack texas hold'em i've always got that sort of fancy holiday in my head yeah no that's definitely one which i want to do as well um also being a big gambler but sort of like bringing it back to almost the roots of gambling would be Something which I'd be very much interested in as more of a one-off thing, but not something I'd permanently get myself into beyond Super Bowl, really. So now Homer and Lisa are now spending a lot more time together, you know, on the old uh, Sunday with all the fixtures there. And Lisa's um, busy watching, you know, this uh, player getting interviewed pre-game saying, you know, the team's fired up, you know, we came to play there and... Homer's just straight away, yeah, all right. And then Lisa just hits him, you know, he's going to lose. No, but like, didn't you hear what he said? Yeah, but, you know, listen to the quiver in his voice there. Look at him shaking in his boots as a boy amongst men there. And um, a nice joke, um, one of the memorable jokes from here. 
Oh, you're betting against it. I bet my entire college fund. Okay, good. Mo, $23 on New York. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Poor Lisa, like, no investment whatsoever, and I don't even want to think of what Homer spent that money on before. Now, have you been able to pick up, um, I don't know, um, people's attitudes um, in interviews and thinking, like, oh, they're going to win, definitely going to win the Super Bowl, or, oh, no, he might, um, I think, I feel like he's going to get injured. Have you got sort of a Nostradamus, a sort of sixth sense effect with uh, football? Um... No, I wouldn't say so. Um, those which are a bit cockier on TV um, in their pre-game interviews, I'll be like, yeah, I reckon something's going to happen that's just going to be karma. But also equally, it's sort of like, if it doesn't happen, then fair enough. I don't really have that sort of sixth sense of this is definitely going to be a thing that happens. Do you have sort of anything like that? No, definitely not. What um, what I do find interesting is um, when you hear reports of like, oh, um and there's a big figure in football now, and a really, like, controversial now, like, Antonio Brown, like, if you hear, before he went completely off the rails, people look for his interviews like, oh, what's he going to say about his teammates, because apparently he doesn't like playing with this guy, or he thinks, I don't know, Big Ben Roethlisberger's a pillock and all that. I'm always intrigued to see, like, you know, the you know, the ins and outs and the rumours and that, which supposes a lot for all sorts of sports, not just uh, American football. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I know there's definitely been some in F1. It's very much Verstappen doesn't like this person or that person. So it's definitely the case of across all sports, this is going to be something which just sort of happens, but we're more tuned into it because we watch the NFL so much. Before we came on here about a particular favourite scene there, but... um. You said to me um, you liked just the interaction of Homer and Lisa. It was just very cute. But um, if I could sort of direct you to maybe one scene. Um, what about this one where he's uh, chucking her up in the air there and they're just generally enjoying each other? Is this one that sticks for you? Touchdown, Dolphins! All right, Dolphins! All right, Dolphins! Woohoo! Woohoo! 50 big ones! big ones. Start spreading the news. It's New York over Philadelphia, 35 to 10. Yay! 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 Dad, I hate to break the moon, but I'm getting nauseous. Oh, sorry. So, who do you like in the afternoon games? Well, I like the 49ers because they're pure of heart. Seattle because they got something to prove. And the Raiders because they always cheat. And in an extremely suspicious play, the Raiders win! Woohoo! Oh yeah, definitely it is. Um, I mean, it's sort of. I feel like it's that moment where it clicks that this is becoming Daddy Daughter Day, and yeah, it just sort of it becomes very wholesome very quickly. And I, I just, it's what's really sort of. This scene was where it began clicking for me, and then you sort of see the development of it throughout the episode. And yeah, there's some ups and downs, but at heart, it's it's very wholesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you don't we don't really see. Homer and Lisa bonding that much, but when they do, like you say, it's absolute magic and it's, you know, right tearjerker and it just melt your heart. Um, usually John Swartzwell is the one they come in for heart and all that. And he wasn't writing this one, but yeah, they just really get across the dynamic very well there. Yeah, definitely. Um, something to note is that Lisa gets a pony in this same season. She does, and... yes, you're right. And it isn't so much a bonding moment, but it's more the case of she gets a pony and then Homer's working more than one job to help her fulfil that dream of having a pony. So it may not always be apparent, but the love is there and he really does love his daughter. We have, um, I guess there's a little minor scene as well, but we have um, Lisa, you know, getting more into it. Um, like self, um, Gem, you know, she wants to learn more about statistics, history, da-da-da, about football. So she goes to the library there and apparently it's the hit place to be. Um, you work in marketing. What do you think of this banner? Because um, apparently it's been a madhouse, Lisa. <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, I'm not sh- it, Even back then, I'm not sure that I would necessarily have been the hit place to be. So it, it's, it's almost false advertising. But equally, I mean, I don't know. It, it's, I guess, trying to encourage more kids to read and more people to actually visit the library. So whether or not it works, it remains to be seen, especially given that there's only that one kid at the table and that's that's it, even though it's been apparently a madhouse. Lisa is now, you know, she's on a streak. Homer's even 
you know, really impressive. And you pick the winner every single time. And Lisa's got fantastic Rain Man kind of marine intelligence here, here saying, oh, come on, it doesn't take an idiot to realise that, you know, oh, I, I, couldn't even, I can't even repeat this, but essentially like, oh, when the wind's blowing east, you know, when it's two touchdowns to a conference game. <laughs> Homer's face, just the way he goes, where is she going with this? And then, um, I mean, you... <laughs> I was I was gonna say you're a woman in the marketing field or you're a female fan, but I'll just say, Gemma, you're a woman. You're you must face a lot of this sort of just bepuzzlement and you know, oh anything for my little girl or you're doing great, sweetie. Yeah, I, I very much do. It's 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 an ongoing struggle, but it's sort of like yeah, it kind of portrays that kind of thing perfectly in. I think he says, like, my little girl says the cutest things, and even in this day and age, you still get that. It's. It's very much a man's world out there, and especially with NFL, you're sort of like, oh, yeah, there's a lot more female fans now, but it's still very much a, oh, men like football kind of um, environment. Do you have, um, not horrible examples, but do you have an example of this in Quidditch or your job or being a football fan or a gaming fan? Because I know, obviously, the gamer girl thing's shit in itself, but, um, yeah, any sort of notable examples you come across? Oh, yeah, so uh, definitely. Um, there's been times in Quidditch where um, it's... I'm not going to get too into details of who and why, but um, essentially it was very much a case somebody was saying, oh, like, you could take her, she's a girl, when, like, I've had the ball and somebody's been a bit scared to tackle me pretty much because of... Like, it was, it's big, bulky guys versus small females, basically, and small non-binaries, and... It's very much the case of, oh, you get comments like, oh, she's only a girl, you can take her. And then people just not want you to take her for the exact same reason that people are saying that to begin with. Um, so, yeah, it's very much, even in a sport which is so progressive, and, yeah, it's, it's yeah, in a sport that's very progressive, you still would expect people to have some level of respect, but you still get that kind of thing anyway. Homer's now, um, you know, he's about a few weeks in and he keeps collecting his winnings week after week in Moe's bar. So he slams through the door and he goes, I'll take the usual Moe of beer. And a water bills! And I, just, I love his little excited face and his uh, finger wiggle there. And <laughs> Moe's begrudgingly, you know, opening up his cowboy boot and chucking him, God, hundreds of dollars there. And Homer with a... I think a great reference to some war film. I think it might be Apocalypse Now or something. He goes, you say the smell of your sweaty feet, but uh, now it's the smell of victory. And Moe like, ah, shut up. And yeah, I just, I really like the animation. I like seeing Happy Homer here. Yeah, um, especially like in the sort of surrounding episodes, he isn't exactly the happiest of characters. So it's good to definitely see a bigger smile on his face than we have seen a sort of surrounding the rest of the sort of episodes and the rest of the season um especially given that it's happiness based off spending time with his daughter but then yeah it's also partially to do with the money if it has a lot to do with the money let's not Homer, lie you know he's not selfish he's willing to spread his new wealth around so they go to you know the fanciest restaurant in town there the family are all doled up and they're out to eat and marge realizes you know oh my god you know for this kind of price we could afford to get finally get rid of those um roaches but you know homer's you know are only the best for my family here and um you know not to be too you know stand up and all that but you know here's my good joke folks um you know this is me when i go to wagamama's i'm here all day <laughs> i'm here all day or maybe more maybe more um have you ever, have you ever been to miller and carter gem no i haven't actually but i've heard nothing but good things it is very good it's i mean it's the best sort of franchise steak that you'll ever have but um, I mean they start from about 18 pounds just for a simple steak meal but um, I mean it's the sides as well just like refried chips and oh yeah just incredible but yeah you it's it's my equivalent of a black tie dinner oh let's go to Miller and Carter, Carter don't worry I've got the black card <laughs> yeah oh that'll be the first thing which I now do for the after this is all over like i love steak so definitely sounds it sounds delicious what is your um what's your sort of ridiculous dining out experience like oh you know big commission folks let's go to x where are you going nando's nando's every single oh, time really <laughs> okay 
yeah it's it's definitely like i know i know it's not expensive and it's but it's still my go-to it's all like oh payday's happened payday friday i know let's go have a nando's lunch it's without a doubt definitely the place which i would just sort of instantly choose what is your order um well it's usually the lemon and herb chicken wrap but since the mango and passion fruit came out it that sort of overshadowed things so it's now actually the um five chicken wings with the mango and passion fruit with some mashed and garlic bread on the side that's my typical nando's do you have a typical nando's order I do. I have um, flavour and heat in mine, actually, so... <laughs> yeah. Wow! <laughs> I'll have it... Um, I'll, t- I'll tell a lie. I'll have it cooked in lemon and herb, then I'll rotate between a medium and the... Not the four chilies. The wild herb. That's the one. Oh, that's uh, better. Yes. And then sides. I'm a big fan of the super grain now. And I've got to go peri salt with chips as well. But yeah, uh, that's my go-to, folks. When the Patreon's kicking, um, <laughs> when I get the f- Patreons finally up, I'll have the Nando's tier. And now, uh, you know, Homer's, it's essentially a small business now because uh, he's asking Lisa for her picks there. And, you know, she's got a $5 silver bullet special there and explaining the reasons why this is covering the spread and that. And now she's making the call as well to Mo, you know, it's LS calling for HS and... This is just the inevitable from an ah, just give me the bet, Lisa, and just cutting again. And um, Mo's just down to the lining in his pants now, just losing money at Homer. And this is where we get Barney saying, you know, oh, you want to go bowling next Sunday? He goes, oh, no, are you kidding me? Oh, that's the Super Bowl. What about the Sunday after? And Barney with his priorities, you know, oh, well, my Mars coming in from Norway, but uh, what the hell? Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's very much sort of like, oh, okay, so what's more important, bowling or your mum? And it also makes me think, <laughs> would Barney actually just sort of bring her mum along, or would it be she's left in a hotel somewhere, just minding her own business? Oh, I can see him bringing his mum along there, and um, yeah. we've reviewed the episode where we actually get to see um, Barney's mum with... Um friend of yours as well danny bird saw in that and yeah yeah have you have you, have you seen his mum this character the character design in that um I, I have definitely seen it honestly it's been so long since i've seen that specific episode that i can't remember i'll happily um send you an image but as a little spoiler it's essentially him in just like a typical old woman's outfit like you'd get in a monty python sketch it's fantastic oh yeah yeah no i remember yeah. this <laughs> and this is affecting lisa's life so much that you know she's writing essays on it you know the happiest day of my life and we get ralph before and do you remember um do you remember what his happiest day of his life yeah he he no longer has worms apparently it's sort of like how do you get him to begin with <laughs> oh thank you ralph very graphic <laughs> like what detail did he go into good god <laughs> Not quite sure I want to know, but I, I get the feeling it's from beginning to end, just <laughs> describing what these worms look like and probably keeping them as pets, knowing Ralph. Now, Homer's even dishing out the gifts to family as well, and um, he's buying all sorts of Malibu Stacy stuff for Lisa. Um, he buys Maggie a cute elephant, but, you know, typical kid fashion. He's more interested with the bubble wrap and the packaging than the actual elephant as well. I, re- I really enjoyed that. It was very cute. I mean, who isn't into the bubble wrap more than the actual gift these days? But even has a little, you know, soundboard, you know, a little key ring. We shut up. Go to hell. Go to hell. That would have very much been something which I'd have been into back when I was sort of that age. It's just sort of like, it's because it was swearing and it's it's just a perfect sort of Bart-esque. Um, yeah, it's a very Bart-esque present without a doubt. We've now got pillow talk with Marge and Homer saying, Oh, this is all very nice and very generous, but where are you getting this money from? Um, I mean, I'm not in a relationship now, but has this happened with you and your um, significant other way? Okay, I'm going to tell you, but you've got to promise you won't get mad. No, I will. Oh, yeah, th- this has definitely happened to me before, and I, I definitely feel Marge on a personal level. Like, I-, I resonate big Marge energy when things like this sort of happen <laughs> in my relationship. Are you um, typically the sensible one, or are you, you know, splurging away your cash on frivolous things like Homer? I'm typically quite sensible. I used to be sort of the Homer side of things, but I don't know, since I got a job, it's sort of been, well, I'm now earning this money. Maybe I should actually take care of it. What about you? Uh, like I said before, I've just had sort of <laughs> um, economic sort of advice throughout with my mum and my dad, just absolutely drilled into me from a young age like 
I remember thinking like, oh, I won't turn into my dad. Then like, um, uh, I think it was about 14 and that. And me and my mates would bike from our village to the you know, nearest supermarket and just buy sorts of snacks and whatever we want. And they were all going for like the, you know, the items that, you know, on the stalls there, the ones that they want you to buy. And I remember the immortal line of like, now hang on guys, you've got to look at the weight of them and see if this is actually good value. <laughs> now those those flying saucers there, you know, no, you don't want that. You want something solid like chocolate. And I was like, oh my God, this is depressing. <laughs> Gee, I shouldn't be this frugally savvy at age 14 here. My God, what have I done? Yeah, definitely not. That's that's actually kind of impressive. Have the family, you know, round dinner one time and Lisa has a lovely suggestion saying, why don't we go on a hike, you know, get all sorts of views there and the tire fire makes for you beautiful sunset there and home already says oh that's good sweetie but i'm already going bowling with barney and lisa you know oh what about daddy daughter day and i mean he has to come across selfish and he definitely does he goes oh don't worry you know football starts up again in about 30 weeks and um did you know um from behind the scenes sort of stuff here folks Yardley Smith won an Emmy for her performance in this episode even I didn't know that actually so that's, that's really interesting and you can see why especially in this uh, later this last third act in this bit here you know um, where she's pouring a salt saying you know dad we've been watching a lot of TV lately maybe the Sunday after the Super Bowl we could hike up to the top of Mount Springfield the fires in the tire yards really make for some beautiful sunsets well that sounds great honey but next Sunday I'm going bowling with Barney what about daddy Day. Don't worry, the new football season is only seven months away. So that's it. You just wanted me to help you gamble. You never wanted to be with me at all. <laughs> You're a very selfish man. And Julie Kavner with Marge, with... I mean, this is my best line in the show. It's not a funny line, but you know, it's very serious tone. You're a very selfish father there. Oh, and they get... The animators get the scowl and everything... Uh, this is a perfect way to end an act break. Yeah, definitely. Um, it kind of reminds me a little bit of my family situation with, yeah, if things like that would happen, then Marge just outright calling Homer out in front of her kids is just something which would definitely happen in my family as well. And it's just sort of like, for me, it was definitely a perfect way to end an act. We're now into the third act, folks. Uh, we see Lisa tossing and turning in bed. She's having a nightmare. And uh, <laughs> we get... I don't know, 50, 60-year-old Lisa in, it seems like Vegas, or it's at some sort of roulette, um poker table. <laughs> I just love the voice of my, my third husband bought me this. Give me some chips. My third husband bought me this. Give me some chips for it. Are you sure, ma'am? Don't tell me what to do, sonny. I've been gambling since I was eight, and I've been hocking jewelry since I was 12. Now give me some chips. It's kind of a similar voice to Patty and Selma. It's almost as if she's been smoking 20 a day pretty much since the age of eight. Oh, yeah. The croupiers even say, are you sure, man? Don't tell me what to do, sonny. I've been, you know, gambling since I was eight and hocking jewelry since I was 12. Give me some chips. <laughs> now, fun sort of personal story. My, my dad's sort of big into group chats and WhatsApp. He's finally got... um hand at text and, and gifts are his new thing now and because of the i'm guessing you've heard of the site frankiac gem i actually haven't oh right essentially it's uh every sort of screenshot from every simpsons episode and with it you can make gifts and save them to your camera roll or whatever and i save a few and i'm able to use it in text and conversation and all that i'll definitely link you and i remember saving this one and um I think my dad went to the chippy one time and I just sent the one of give me some chips. <laughs> and now my dad will use that like if I if we need some chips or generally it's like, oh, I'm in acid, do you want anything? And then he will say, I want this, this and this. And then he'll end it with, ah, give me some chips. Excellent. This definitely With an old haggard face. <laughs> It definitely sounds like something which I'd also be into, but that that's excellent. You're, you've managed to get your dad so far into this one gif. <laughs> and Lisa's realising, you know, like, uh, all of her goods have been bought with dirty money, with this horrible blood money from gambling there. Look at this, Stacey, you know, it's your, you know, your Malibu penthouse, your collagen injection clinic, and she puts her back in the shoebox, you know. It's not pretty, but damn it, it's honest, and Lisa wants shot of all her ill-gotten possessions there so she goes hi oh, lisa simpson you know giving away all my malibu stacy stuff and all the girls on the street they go absolutely mental it's like black friday all of a sudden and we see sort of bart sort of 
jump out the way there as well and they absolutely strip down a bedroom you know from pillar to post there and homer sort of ignoring why all these girls just run out of her room a great scene um gem he uh, comes in with a new accessory i got you a new chinchilla coat and you just see a little girl's face ooh, and then just snaps it away yeah like that that for me is actually one of the highlights of this entire episode it's very much sort of like oh kind of expected but equally it's just it's that little easter egg which is fantastic you've come for forgiveness well sorry homer being real you know using his first name and that and homer saying oh well you know we still had fun no didn't you have fun as well yeah it did and then it seems like a logical conclusion you know oh well we you know we can still watch it we still get enjoyment out of it and then you think it's a another cute moment and then <laughs> homer you know with a true motive and i've definitely done this before not in the same milk but i've been like you know oh you know that's wonderful so um i need this favor so you think the um think the redskins will beat the spread put me down <laughs> and then he just politely puts it down there yeah i mean i'm sure this has happened with you as, as well as with a lot of people in life you know all this buttering up and then oh so i need this yeah i've definitely i've had that happen to me before but i've also done it myself it's over hey how are you doing buddy you good <laughs> hey I, I need this if that's okay <laughs> haven't spoke to you in ages but yeah <laughs> it's a sort of yeah I've, I've definitely been guilty of that before <laughs> so lisa's you know she's broken but you know she says okay fine i'll tell you who's gonna win but you know just emphasize the point that you cared more about football than spending time with me and home is just very deadpan okay okay you know washington's a lock and he's about to go off he gives her a kiss he's ready to spend his money and enjoy his time he goes However, wait, what do you mean however? And, you know, I might be so blinded with rage, I might want you to lose. So in that case, I'm going to bet the farm on Buffalo here. And some nice raised tension here, Gem. I, um, obviously, didn't really understand it um, when I was a lot younger watching this. But, um, yeah, I like this device of, you know, is she lying? Is she telling the truth? Well, you're going to have to put your money on something, mate. You're going to have to commit. Yeah, it's definitely sort of, it was very much a moment for me, which was sort of, back then I didn't understand like you, but it's all been more recent. In fact, pretty much only since re-watching the episode prior to this, that I actually understood what she was meaning by it, and she knew that Washington was going to win, is what I think was happening there. It's now Super Bowl day, it's going to go into Super Bowl night soon there, and Homer's now made his way down to Moe's there. Um, Oh, another fun behind the scenes stuff here folks do you know the simpsons correctly predicted this super bowl yes they did and it aired three days before the actual super bowl happened what actually is interesting is they um redubbed it the year after um so it's dallas cowboys versus the buffalo bills and they dubbed um dallas and cowboys over the washington details and they correctly predicted that super bowl as well and at mo's um mo's got his you know super bowl massive buffet there but <laughs> What's, what's the buffet consist of, Jem? Bread, mostly, from what I can remember. <laughs> and Barney's very excited about it. Oh, bologna, oh, bread! <laughs> it's, at least he gave him, like, a whole sort... He got a whole bag of bread there. He's got a whole super loaf. Most tavern, home with a super Sunday brunch spectacular. Oh, bologna! Bread! Got you down for 40 bucks. Good luck, your eminence. Uh, sorry, homie, you can't take any more of my money. I'm uh, out of the bookie business. But, Mo, you've been taking bets all... Hey, buddy, how about a free beer? Wow! Don't worry, Mo, I'm not betting. What? Give me that. Oh! Homer's, you know, you know, trying to drink a sorrow's way, saying, I had a great thing, you know, a little girl that could pick football and I ruined it. And now, um, I try to think of, like, a, my favourite scene, and it's got to be this one. And of course, it's Troy McClure and Phil Hartman because he's such a wonderful man and a damn good comedic actor there. Um... Well, sir, we're two hours and 45 minutes into the pregame show and we've got ourselves a special guest, actor Troy McClure, whose new sitcom is premiering tonight, coincidentally enough, right after the game. Thanks, Brett. My new show is called Handle with Care. I play Jack Handel, a retired cop who shares an apartment with a retired criminal. We're the original odd couple. <laughs> what made you want to do a situation comedy? Well, I fell in love with the script, Brett. And my recent trouble with the IRS sealed the deal. <laughs> great, great, Troy. Oh, 
Looks like we're almost ready for the kickoff. We've got your man on the sports broadcast saying, we're now joined by celebrity Troy McClaw there, who's, um, you know, his new sitcom's debut right after the Super Bowl. <laughs> he goes, oh, and yeah, I mean, I'll just play the scene here, but the fact, you know, it's handle with care. And this sounds very 80s, early 90s American sitcom. You know, it's, I'm Jack Candle, you know, a retired cop and i got my mate um, Care and he's a retired criminal. We're the original odd couple and I like the reasoning as well. He goes, oh, what made you go for this? And he goes, oh, you know, the I fell in love with the writing and I love the intonation in this line here and my uh, recent trouble with the IRS. Seal the deal. <laughs> yep, it's definitely, th that line is sort of what seals it for me as well, definitely. And he gives a little wink to the camera like, ah, I'm, I'm, out, I'm out of the red, lads. You can't get me now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is how I'm getting my money. This is how I'm making my dough, even if it's not necessarily what I particularly want to do. We have the game kicking off now, and, you know, Washington really struggling there. The Bills going to run it down the next there, having good field coverage. And Homer's dreading, oh, no, Lisa's, uh, Buffalo's going to win. You know, Lisa's going to hate me. And one of the bar fighters got, oh, what you got riding on this game? My daughter, ah, oh, what a gambler. <laughs> Like, not, this is horrible, this is horrible, what are you doing, you vile fiend? Like, oh, look at the balls on this guy. Yeah, it's a sort of like, the, the way which he's insinuating it is very different from the way Homer's, um, the way Homer's having to deal with things, and it's definitely a very, it's very sort of minor comedic moment, but it's, it's very, very funny. We also have, um, got the special Super Bowl halftime show, and it's, oh my god, it's very bargain basement there, it's, um, we get these aliens coming down Earth, to us to welcome them peace and <laughs> rock and roll and they're gonna rock around the clock and Bart's just straight through this shit saying oh, come on snipers where the hell are you now do you know the history of the Super Bowl halftime show Gem what it used to be yeah it used to be very much like it has been in this scene it wasn't sort of the whole show that it is now it was more of a it was very much more of a, oh, it's a little bit of light relief and amongst all detention rather than actual entertainment necessarily. Well, the 60s and 70s threw me a um, search through the old Wikipedia. A lot of it was just like um, marching bands and a lot of traditional American songs and that. But then it was your 80s and well, the best stuff came in the 90s here, pretty much from Michael Jackson going forward. But uh, in the 80s, they had, like, they had some sort of group on retainer called up with people which is like the very cheery cringy you know very saccharine super white people just singing you know um like that old coke advert i'd like to teach the world to sing yes yes i know it's what all you mean. stuff like that and it's oh it does not age well there it's just very cutesy and ugh, very kitsch yeah that's not what we need in this sort of like as it's all progressed it's very much it's become a thing where it's like a huge deal it's almost as big a deal as the actual game now and i don't think that would fly well um yeah I, I very much don't feel like the sort of 650 60s things would fly well at this point by sounds of things and with a score at the half buffalo 14 washington 7 it's time for the never tedious super bowl halftime show people of earth we've come 10 billion light years to bring you this halftime message of peace one, two, three o'clock, four o'clock, rock! Five, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, rock! Nine, ten, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, rock! We're gonna rock around the world tonight! Oh, this sucks. Come on, snipers, where are you? Uh, we'll just mention a couple of scenes before we find out who's uh, winning this game there. <laughs> I really liked um, Reverend Lovejoy's still adamant, you know, he's going through this Sunday service, you know. Well, I'm glad some people could resist the lures of the big game. Oh my god, I forgot the game! Oh my god, I forgot the game! <laughs> he just runs out. It's almost as if, for me, that joke is very much um, that football's bigger than religion, and it's it's very interesting to see because that kind of thing has sort of continued happening 29 years after this has even aired. Um, yeah, it's very much been football comes first, religion comes second on Super Bowl weekend. And it's very interesting to actually see that even back then, it was still the case. And then uh, another scene I really enjoyed is, I guess it would be the Poppy Bowl now, but this is based on the old um, Bud Bowl, the ads that Budweiser would show. We get the Duff Bowl. Yes. <laughs> go, 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 go! It's a touchdown for halfback Dan Beardorf. Duff Dry has won the Duff Bowl. 
wanted it more. Hey, Homer, didn't you say if Duff Dry wins, your daughter loves you? Not Duff Dry Washington. Okay, okay, they're both great teams. Duff Dry ended up winning, and, you know, with Dan Beardoff, with a great uh, bit of running black play there, and, I don't know, just bits of mine's like, um, Mo taking it really seriously, like, ah, they wanted it more. And then Barney said, oh, you know, if Duff Dry won, didn't your daughter love you? No, not Duff Dry, Washington. Oh, they're both great teams. we now got the climax here, folks, you know. Um, it's going to be a bit of an awkward field goal there. You know, if they get it, they win. If they don't, then, you know, the bitter taste of defeat there. And, you know, and of course, you know, Washington win and all the family are happy. All the barflies are happy. Homer's happy because Lisa loves him. And as much as he didn't win money, what he's got with his daughter will run on for another 10 years there and we get some lovely shading as well like as far as animation designs going that you get nice sunset over springfield you get nice hues and shades of orange there for the sky and we have homer running up in i've never seen him in this gear apart from this episode with his um ketamine sort of bucket raver hat there and his sweaty shirt and he's he can't appreciate the beauty but lisa can uh, but you're so sort of shagged out that oh can we go home after this please and it's um it's a cute end um what did you think of the ending jam i very much did enjoy it it was a very nice conclusion to what was quite a tough time for them especially with lisa sort of like trying to work out if she was still attached to her father even given what he did um so it was nice to actually see a happy ending um after what was a rough patch in their relationship really and that is how we end the episode here folks now um as i asked cal and the other guests um if i can have your final thoughts on your episode on this episode and um, what you think stuck out what you liked what you didn't like and then um your unique rating out of five and now this typical typically will go let's say it's the monorail episode i'd go i love this i give it five out of five lyle langley's so please jen yeah, I'd definitely say that um, it's it's a solid episode. Um, however, there are quite a few surrounding um, episodes which just have that little bit more action and a little bit more depth in the stories. Um, that doesn't mean to say that this isn't a great episode. Like, It definitely stands out for me because of my connection with the NFL and just sort of that wholesome father-daughter content, which is rare with The Simpsons, but... We all love it, even if we won't necessarily admit to it or see it as the sort of key reason why we watch The Simpsons. So for me, I'd give it probably, I don't know, probably three out of five big ones, um, simply because, yes, it's a solid episode, but there is the case of in the same season, we have Lisa getting a pony and Bart joining the mob at one point or another. So yeah, three out of five big ones, I'd say. All right, very good. For myself, this is a very solid episode. This is a good episode, folks. Um, Even if you're not a fan of American football, you can like it for, you know, the take on football and the mass hysteria around punditry and betting and gambling and such. And then you've got the nice, um, not even cutesy, just genuine heartfelt loveliness of uh, Homer and Lisa and the dynamic there. The B-plot is what it is. There's a couple of solid jokes in there, so I'll, I'll let that slide. And then it um, all um, gets tied up in a neat little package, uh, as Homer would say in a future episode. So with that being said, I'd happily give this a very respectable 4 out of 5 um, wad of bills. Okay, we're going to pull on that random episode generator and see what pops out next. Who controls the British crown? Who keeps the metric system down? They do. They do. That's right, folks, go into a top 10 episode when we review season 6's Home of the Great. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a 5-star written review on iTunes. Check us out on Facebook, Uncle Mo's Family Feedback Podcast, and the same on Twitter as well, at TylerTMC, or search Uncle Mo's Family Feedback Podcast. Take care, folks. Come to Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Mmm, sounds good.